Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Cooper Hornick Podcast. So um, today's episode, we will be talking about a very, very interesting and sensitive topic, global decolonization. Let's start off with some terms. Global means something that affects the entire world. Decolonization means a country withdrawing from a colony, leaving it independent and free. But as we will see in this um, in this podcast, it doesn't always happen like that. Um, free from a dominating influence of a colonizing power. Therefore, put two words together, global decolonization. Uh, it means a far-reaching global um, issue of decolonization. It's a far-reaching global issue that uh, took place throughout the world in many different ways, and we will discuss that. So we're going to start, um, we're going to do some examples of global decolonization, starting off uh, with a, uh, with the night, uh, with the 18. 18- 85 uh, Berlin Conference, which was an, obviously an example of colonization, um, not decolonization, but it's important to look at this to see the mindset of European countries. In uh, the Berlin Conference, Otto von Bismarck, who was the president of Prussia, which then turned into modern-day Germany after a while, which he was also the chancellor of. Um, the purpose of the Berlin Conference was to establish international guidelines, avoid disputes among European powers, put that in quotes, um, uh, formalizing the new uh, imper- imperialism. This allowed the imperialists to move inland with relatively few disputes among themselves. The Berlin Conference was one of those one of the most evil, appalling examples of colonization because the meeting was only with European countries to discuss a global south continent of Africa, which would be divided among them, um, which the area of Africa is much larger than the entire continent of Europe combined, um, also which has a population uh, much larger than Europe. But this conference, at this conference, there were representatives from the countries of Germany, Austria-Hungary, Belgium, Spain, Denmark, the United States, France, United Kingdom, Italy, Netherlands, Portugal, Russia, Sweden, Norway, and the Ottoman Empire. Those were the only countries that were that were at the Berlin Conference. Only ones that were invited, only ones that attended. You might think I'm forgetting a country, or a place, or a region, but I am not. I, I mentioned every country. And this is the mistake of the European colonizers who absolutely forgot to invite representatives from Africa. At this conference, there was no representatives from Africa um, because the main goal of the Berlin conference, they, they don't like to let people know this, but um, was to colonize. There was not one representative from Africa, not one African country, tribe, region at all. All there was was European countries, plus the Ottoman Empire, and uh, the United States. Basically just Europe. It's absolutely appalling uh, of the Europeans to just divide up this land, and uh, it does not belong to them at all. Now we're going to look at a different example of actual decolonization absolutely backfiring in the face of one of the UK's um, you know, most prized possession colonies. This is the India partition, um, and it still has an impact on these countries today. Um, in this partition, it split up the Indian subcontinent into three distinct regions, 
couple more actually. Um, but uh, the British co- uh, government, in an effort to decolonize India, they sent civil servant Sir Cyril, Cyril Radcliffe there for about a month in total with no prior knowledge, no lived experience in the Indian subcontinent, but was put in charge of drawing the lines that would divide communities, families. By drawing this quite weird-looking border, he created the countries of India and Pakistan and Bangladesh, but at the time that was East Pakistan. Pakistan. Um, He drew the lines looking at the areas where the two main religions in the area uh, dominated, uh, which is Hindu and and Muslims. He split up the area just along the lines of regions uh, and gave the parts of the region that were majority Muslim to Pakistan and the majority Hindu to India. Without looking at any other factors, no community factors, no, um, no, no nothing else, just if they had 50... 50% population of one religion would go to that country, 50% other. They didn't care about anything else. Didn't care about any, about any minorities, really. Um, except uh, Sri Lanka it did get its own independence, too. Not as important. Um, this caused many refugees to have to resettle violently. Caused a very violent civil war um, to take place. And there's still border disputes to this day. Look at, um, at the Kashmir region in northern India or northern Pakistan, whichever way you prefer to see it. But now we're going to look at some post-war decolonization. Very interesting. Uh, Famous, uh, this is another one of the very famous instances of decolonization, is the post-World War II decolonization, where suddenly freedom and decolonization became trendy and people became liberated uh, with their own free states. At this time, practically every state was given freedom. Between 1945 and 1960, three dozen new states in Asia and Africa achieved autonomy or outright independence from European colonial rulers. Amazing. Considering the expansive reach of the colonial system from South America, Southeast Asia, and everywhere between, it's important to remember the diverse causes and experiences of decolonization indeed, where some countries were granted independence by their colonial masters, others had to fight for it. Similarly, the internal impetus of independence from colonial powers varied greatly, and so did the colonial, the colonizing countries pressure from the international community too. But in conclusion, uh, regard uh, after World War II, national self-determination has became an objective for most countries and and organizations like the United Nations have helped so much in this uh, goal and had made it possible for so many countries. there's so many countries that have been formed because of the UN. It is unbelievable. And proponents of self-determination largely believe uh, believe that the inhabitants of a region should be able to decide uh, what a country is, uh, what country is best for themselves. Um, and the anti, uh, 
colonial sentiment coupled with a nation's people demand demands for independence often forced colonial nations in this period to decolonize and made it more way more likely uh thank you for watching another episode of the copernic podcast bye <laughs>